Hello, all. Welcome to First Watch Rewatch. Here's a podcast where we go through the thrift store of pop culture and try to find the things that aren't eaten up by all the bugs and moss and don't stink so bad. Unfortunately, I think we got the stinkiest of the group. So to join me to talk about it, because he had never seen this, so I had to infect his brain with this poison, is my greatest life day partner. And that's uh, the other host from the ex-millennial man, Ty Kulik. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. I'm doing all right. I would rather watch Jason X, I think, 10 times over before watching this again. Like, at least with Buckaroo Banzai, I had fun with that. And I think with The Room, you had fun with that. But and even Jason X, there were parts where I'm like, oh, this is, I can see why it's a call cut. This is just, I told you off mic before we started recording, I got angry watching this yesterday. <laughs> so as everybody knows, we're talking about the Star Wars holiday special. And I'm going to give <sighs> a brief little background here. First off, a lot of people that will hear about this in Legend. There's the Weird Al Yankovic video for the song White and Nerdy. There's a scene mm-hmm. where you see some dorky guy buying a bootleg copy of the Star Wars holiday special because it's supposed to okay. be very underground. But it's available on YouTube. It's available on YouTube mm-hmm. in multiple versions. I think the one I sent you was from a showing of a uh, in Dayton, Ohio. They kept saying W H I O, and I'm like, "What?" Well, and then I saw Dayton on there. Yeah. Something about the Star Wars holiday special. A lot of people say it's the worst Star Wars thing ever. I would argue there's one thing worse, but I've made myself no, clear. <laughs> no, no, that is not true. There's a, we're going to go through the special itself because there's one part of it that is pretty well liked that you didn't like. So I want to get your view on it. Famously, only ever showed once. Famously, everybody involved with it has said the worst things. As a matter of fact, Anthony Daniels in his memoir, the guy that plays C-3PO, said it's the biggest turd he's ever seen. Uh, I'm going to tell a few (laughs) other stories about the cast and what they've done with it since then. Before I get into it, though, Ty, I want people to know this is when this was a year after the first Star Wars movie came out. Okay, so it was there was no Empire Strikes Back yet. There's none of that. This was a. Star Wars was a huge deal. It had made more money than any movie in history. And people were over a year later are still talking about it. So having these characters, having this stuff was good. Plus, at the same time, Star Wars was kind of the first big movie brand to really have a lot of toys associated with it. This was a, a great way to keep the kids who I would have been three when this was on. And I remember my wife asked me do I remember watching this? And I go, no, but I almost guarantee you I did. Really? Uh, and Which means our parents saw this, which means uh-huh. I'm wondering if our parents thought there might be something mentally wrong with me halfway <laughs> as we watch this thing. They worry about their three-year-old. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to play the introduction for everybody here to just kind of give you a flavor of what this looks like. Now, going into this introduction, I'm not going to start at the very beginning. It starts off Han Solo, Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon, TIE Fighter shoot. Now, it starts out hot. It's like it looked cool. Yeah. yeah. You're like, OK, and, and this isn't a low budget thing either. This was made with all the Star Wars money. So you're like, all right, it's hot. You see that and you hear Han say, Chewie, I'm going to get you home for life day. And then this kicks in. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. 
R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars, Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, The Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. It has all the original cast, except for the mm-hmm. guy that was R2-D2. It yeah. has the hottest musicians of the day. Now, this was, <laughs> this, was, this was after Jefferson Airplane, so this was Jefferson Airplane without Grace Slick, so this was after yeah. White Rabbit, but before we built this city, so kind of mm-hmm. mid-level. And then Chewbacca's family. And Beatrice Arthur. Oh, yeah, Beatrice which, Arthur. <laughs> it's B. Arthur. Yes. What, why, why are they going with their full name? I, and look, all these were names. These were names. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, Harvey Corman was on, uh, was on uh, Carol Burnett. Art Carney was from The Honeymooners. I think he'd won his Oscar by now. Beatrice Arthur was one of the biggest stars in TV. Beatrice B. Arthur was one B. of the biggest Biggest stars in TV. Diane Carroll was lighting up the charts. I mean, th- again, when we talk about some of these things, this was not cheaply done. This was no done with all the money. And it was on CBS, uh, November 17th, 1978. It preempted Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk. That commercial was on before. You will not see Wonder <laughs> Woman and Incredible Hulk tonight. You see Linda Carter and Lou Ferrigno in their costumes. There's uh, Riff Tracks, the old uh, Mystery Science Theater guys. They mm-hmm. did the Star Wars holiday special like 10 years ago, and they did it with the commercials, like the commercials from the oh, time. Nice. And one of the commercials was C-3PO and R2-D2, and C-3PO says, do you love Star Wars? And one of the guys in Rift Track says, not after tonight, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love that. So you have that opening. You have uh, the Millennium Falcon. They're going to get Chewie home for life day. You have the Star Wars fanfare kick in. You see, again, first two minutes of this, you're like, okay, I'm in for it. And then, Ty, this is immediately what they go into. That's Chewbacca's family. And timed, ten minutes I, of that. Yeah, I timed it. It was just <laughs> under ten minutes before you ever heard anyone else. I kept like <laughs> thinking that you gave me a bum copy or something. <laughs> I was doing is wrong because I kept. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. I I don't understand what's going on. I like. I could understand. I could see visual cues of like, oh, okay, Lumpy's upset. Milo misses her husband. Itchy, these names too. Itchy and straight. It's like <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm I'm watching it, and I thought something was wrong with the copy you gave me because there I didn't know what was going on. 
I mean, I this is maybe the third time I've seen this thing, and it I just, can't believe you watched it more than once. <laughs> it just feels like an eternity. I mean, I watched yes. it, I watched it last night, and I, that's why I'm like, I'm going to time this, and it, I was happy when those little six second YouTube ads came up just to break the monotony of it because it is brutal. It is absolutely yeah, brutal. It starts out so fast and so strong, like, okay, we got Chewbacca, we got Han Solo, then the Millennium Falcon, this is going to be good. And then it's 10 minutes of Wookiee speak, and I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> it grinds it to a halt, and it's not even the whole Wookiee thing is, who's the kid, Itchy? Who, Itch, uh, Lumpy, Lumpy's Lumpy, the kid. Yeah, who, uh, yeah, <laughs> who he watches this, like, 3D circus or something. Dance thing. And yeah. it just doesn't stop. It reminds me of that, like, that Simpsons thing where he's like, you know, make it stop, make it stop. Yeah, he's already dead when, <laughs> yeah. when Homer beats up the, the hamburger guy. Well, and I didn't like, I kept looking at Chewbacca's dad, Itchy, I think is his name. He looks like a Yeti. Yes. Like he looks like the Yeti that you see the pictures of and everything. And then, yeah, Lumpy is kind of a bratty little kid. <laughs> and yeah, that whole circus show, I'm like, what, who is this for? Who sat down and wrote, okay, we're going to have this strong opening, and then we're going to go to Chewbacca's family, who nobody knows of Mm -hmm. at this point, and we're going to spend 10 minutes of just having them speak Wookiee, and Lumpy the child is going to watch a circus dance show. (laughs) And that's how we're going to start our holiday Yes, right, exactly. This is, you're, you're talking 10 minutes in, and this thing's already failed. It's already at least Paul Lind had music and Mm -hmm. was doing Halloween adjacent type stuff with it, although it was. cocaine-fueled nonsense, but at least I knew I was watching a Halloween special with that. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. This is the Star Wars holiday special, and it's a made-up holiday that they don't even talk anything about until, like, the very end. But Mm -hmm. finally it gets broken up because they're waiting for Chewbacca to come home, and they call call Luke Skywalker, and there's Mark Hamill and R2-D2, and Mark Hamill has the worst haircut ever. Mark Hamill looked like a young lady. Yes. And, and no disrespect <laughs> no. at all, but when I saw it, I thought, again, this is another time where, like, that's not Mark Hamill. This is somebody who's no. in his family sitting in for him. And when he started talking, I, okay, no, that is Mark Hamill. But I kid you not, people, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google Mark Hamill. It does not look like him. No, no, it's at like, all. It is, it is, it's a terrible, terrible haircut. I, I just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I know. I know between Star Wars and Empire, he and Harrison Ford both got in a car accident. And I looked it up. Okay. This was before that. So, okay, um, yep. so that had nothing. It was just a bad haircut. But here's where we get introduced to one of our main characters. Now, again, I talked about <laughs> Art Carney, okay? Uh-huh. And people will be like, wow, B. Arthur and Art Carney are in a Star Wars. Werner Herzog is in a Star Wars, okay? Amy Sedaris is, is yeah. in a Star Wars. <laughs> Werner Herzog wants to see the baby. That's right. So. So that's not, maybe you thought it was weird back then, but it's it's not so weird to say that. But here's the thing I'm going to say about Art Carney. He's like trying. He's like. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's I, giving I, it his all. Yeah. He plays this like traitor or not or like, not like evil traitor, but like a, a shop owner. T-R-A-D-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. Named Son Dan. And just, I, I mean, you got to hear the delivery of this line because he's in his shop with a, uh, with an imperial guy who's all imperial guard, yeah. yeah, who's all mean and all that. And that guy's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chewbacca's wife Mala calls him. And here, just listen to Art Carney deliver this sterling dialogue. Good to see you again. Don't say a word, madam. I know just why you're calling. 
You're wondering when that shaggy carpet you ordered will arrive at your home. Let me assure you, madam, it's on its way. You know, it was made especially for you by a little old woman four planets away. She did it all by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by hand. Solo. Though it's going to take some time to get to you. I know you understand. It's just dreadful. It's a horribly written joke. If that Imperial Guard, that Imperial Guard might be the dumbest person on the planet that he couldn't decipher what he's trying to say there. Art Carney's trying. He's doing the best he can with the stuff he's been given. But man, the stuff he's been given is really, really bad. And when we talk about this, this is like without the commercials, it's over an hour and a half long. All right. 137. <laughs> I kept checking the time. There was one moment. My wife's working from home. There was one moment I was 45 minutes into it. And she said, how much longer? And I told her 45. Minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, during this time. So and again, Art Carney is a main character in this. He brings them all gifts. And or before that, Mala's watching some Julia Child alien cooking show with Harvey Corman. <laughs> what which, was that all about? Yeah. Yeah. And they. Oh, you got to add a little more of your stuff in. What was going on? And here's the thing. I adore Harvey Corman. I absolutely do. I mentioned beforehand that uh, he was in Blazing Saddles and History of the World Part 1. And he is absolutely phoning this in. More so than even Harrison Ford, who's phoning it in. I mean, Uh he is just, it's awful. It's, I mean, his, the three segments he's in, he's awful. (laughs) Terrible. Just. I didn't know what I was watching and why I was watching it. And again, you got to remember, here's three-year-old me looking at my favorite characters in awe. And you have the Diane Carroll song. Now, it's... uh, This was so... (laughs) I didn't... uh, So... Is itchy? Is this a masturbatory fantasy? For well, itchy that's what that's I mean. This is—it's like VR because it's supposed to be sci-fi or whatever. It's like VR and it's porno. I mean, yes. it's like ASMR porno. It's not like he's not naked I'm here or whatever. Because you thought of me, yeah. I'm your fantasy. I'm right. your dream. Like what? I mean, he's getting off. He is. Yes, <laughs> getting off. And in the, that same time or after that, I'm sorry. The Imperials come to the Chewbacca household and they're tearing the joint up because they're bad guys and they're like, there might be rebels here. And this is kind of the mm-hmm. chunk of the entire thing. Because in this here, you have uh, and Saw, uh, uh, Art Carney's character, Saw Dan is is there too. Yeah. And he's trying to move the, the Imperials. He's doing around. like a puppetry thing. Yeah, with yeah. The, like the one of the Imperials trying to watch something. He's like, oh, are you going to get to it already? And he's like doing a weird puppetry. <laughs> right, and this that's where you have the hologram projector or whatever, and it's Jefferson Starship and all their pink neon glory. Now, I'm not a Jefferson Starship <laughs> fan. I like Jefferson Airplane because I like Grace Slick. I will say I kind of dug the song. No, I, it's the, funny you say that. I was like, yeah, this isn't terrible. I hated the music video that they were going. Oh yeah, you couldn't it, but see the song. It. I'm like, yeah, no, and the song. I'm like, this is a pretty rad song. So I, 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 much like the Imperial Guard was bopping his fingers to the beat, I was kind of bopping my <laughs> head to the song as I was watching it. All these songs were written for this special, and Makes Jefferson Starship. Well, yeah, Jefferson Starship has gone on to include that song. It was on like their greatest hits album. That song much better than the uh, Diane Carroll song. Now I don't know much about Diane Carroll. Beautiful, beautiful woman. But this whole thing with her was just, it was incredibly, incredibly weird. I had no idea what was going on. With yeah. That. 
And like any variety show, there's these little skits, which is what they are, this musical numbers here that are interspersed. But again, the overall story's not carrying it. No, there is no story. <laughs> they mentioned Life Day a couple times, and I'm still sitting there thinking, what is Life Day? I, again, with Millhouse, I'm the, <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? But literally this time. So at about this point is when Lumpy goes upstairs to watch this cartoon. Okay, and I want to yeah. I want to talk a little bit about this cartoon because this is the one piece that people have said is the good part of this. And I, I again, I want your opinion. This cartoon was in particular was written by George Lucas. Now, when I talk about the making of this after we go through it all, Lucas had very little next to nothing to do with it. He did make one decision, which is probably the worst decision. He did tell the writers that he wanted to center around Chewbacca's family, and there should be no subtitles. Okay. Oh, terrible, terrible (laughs) choice, Mr. Lucas. But this cartoon, the main reason Lucas wanted to do this cartoon is he wanted to introduce this new character into the Star Wars world, Boba Fett. So -hmm. this was the first time anybody had ever seen Boba Fett. And it was he was telling people this is going to be in the next movie. He will be in the next movie. And he got a specific animation company, said he wanted it to look like the art of Mobius. He was very, very particular on all these different things. And it does. If you ever see any of Mobius's work, it looks, it has that look to it. Again, all the original voice cast. I swear to God, I thought the narrator at the beginning sounded like uh, Rod uh, Serling, the um, oh. Twilight Zone guy. I can't find okay. if it was him, but it sounds exactly like him. This cartoon is the only piece of this that people have ever liked to a point that when the first DVD of the Star Wars movies came out, there was an Easter egg just to the cartoon. Because again, I'll talk okay. about how Lucas never wanted this special to see the light of day ever again, but they kept mm-hmm. the cartoon. And when Disney sold or when Disney bought Lucasfilm, one of the things they wanted was that cartoon. And you can go to Disney Plus today and type in the faithful Wookiee, and that entire cartoon is in its place. Now, I personally like this tie. I kind of dug it. Why did mm-hmm. you not? Much like everything else for this with me, and I thought it looked cool. See, I remember you telling me, like, this is the first time Boba Fett's been in it, so I thought that was cool. It just felt so out of place. And the whole thing with... It it followed a similar quote-unquote story that this whole special did, is that there was no story. Yeah, Luke's chasing after Boba Fett, but then he faints all of a sudden. He has to be put upside down. And Han Solo's upside down because all the blood has to rush to their head because he has the antidote or whatever. But then all of a sudden you find out Boba Fett's a bad guy and he works for... (laughs) It's just too scattered. Yeah. Again, I understand the significance, but I couldn't I found myself getting more and more frustrated the more I watched it because I I crave a story and like a through line of a type of story and there was no story. This was literally just skits thrown together. It was a sketch show with Star Wars characters and while the cartoon looked cool and it gave everybody Boba Fett, I just I couldn't follow the story and I was getting more and more frustrated the more I watched it. And I think another part, I almost wonder if I had just given you the cartoon to watch and not all the crap around it. Because uh-huh. this literally comes at about the midway point. So you've gone oh, yeah. through 45 minutes of an eternity of just mm-hmm. terrible. Just getting more and more angry. Yes. Yeah, terrible, terrible <laughs> crap. And I know the, so the gun that Boba Fett has in that cartoon is actually in the first um, few episodes of The Mandalorian. 
it's one of the guns okay. that he has. So uh, the well, and the jokes Boba Fett's making, like, oh, he'll eat anything. Oh yeah. What did Mark Hamill? What did Luke give him? Like a battery pack yeah. or something? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, he's like, don't don't feed these dumb animals. And I'm like, that's a little harsh, yeah. there, Boba Fett. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you get the cartoon, and then Lumpy decides he's going to trick the Empire, so he's learning how to fix this like transmitter device. Another Harvey Corman sketch, which again. I was like, just please end. Please stop it. Okay, this was another one, too, where at first I'm like, is something wrong with the copy? Why does he keep skipping and doing weird stuff? And then I realized, oh, that's the character that Harvey Corman's playing. And with Harvey, Harvey Corman's first two sketches, it is just him with a white screen behind him. Yes. When he's being the cook. And with this one, he's like reading a commercial, essentially. And I just didn't know what, I'm like, why, what is, my thought the whole time is, why is this happening? And that's exactly how I felt with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I, I did get excited because, you know, they said James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader. And we got the whole thing with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. You had the whole thing at the beginning with Han Solo and Chewbacca, Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew. And then you had the whole thing with Carrie Fisher as, as um, Princess Leia. Did they just rip a scene from the first yes, Star Wars did. movie and just is that the exact same dialogue from the movie? No, no, they dubbed different dialogue, but it's funny you mentioned that scene because for for years before we had the the massiveness of the internet, that scene, so Darth Vader's talking to an imperial like officer. Well, mm-hmm. he dies in Star Wars. Uh, he dies when the Death Star oh. blows up cuz Darth Vader's the okay. only one that gets off. So if this is supposed to take place after that, everybody's like, wait a second, is he? And yeah. some people who used to run like the Star Wars fan sites in the early internet like made it out. It's a different guy. It's his twin brother or something stupid like that. Okay, but it's just, I got excited with the whole <laughs> concept of, hey, maybe we're going to see like Darth Vader in this holiday special. Nope. But it's just a scene from a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's all we get. <laughs> that, that's it. No, it's absolutely it. So this brings us to the kind of, near third act of the show where it's like a reality show. They All the Imperials decide they're going to watch this reality show about life on Tatooine. Because, remind you, they're on Chewbacca's planet. That's a different planet. I don't think they yep. ever say it during the course of the special, but in Star Wars lore, the planet's called Kashyyyk. Okay. They... I have to bring this up because it's one of my favorite little Star Wars facts. And again, this is off the heels of the movie. And one of the big set pieces of that movie was the cantina. And all the mm-hmm. different weird aliens and the the, the aliens of... that play uh, jizz music is it? Yes, that is it. So <laughs> the uh, friggin' Dan and the modal nodes, I think, is what the band is called. And if you go look okay. in Star Wars lore, the kind of music they play is not jazz; it's jizz. J i z z. Yep, that's what they play. Somebody, somebody snuck that one in there forever eternal in my mind. <laughs> it's it's kind of like in Buckaroo Banzai when uh, when uh, John Worf and uh, John Larroquette's character has a sign on the door. It says, nobody comes in here, and it says C-U-M. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so you get this extended sequence, and again, just something like, when is this going to end? You know, Harvey Corman oh. completely mailing it in as, Weird alien who drinks out of his head. Yeah, dumping a drink in the top of his head. <laughs> Beatrice Arthur playing the playing B. Arthur as a yeah. a bar owner or a, a It's her character from Golden Girls. Yes. It's the same thing. But you hear the Empire is like, We have a curfew, everybody get curfew, out of here. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, everybody has to leave. And they're all like, No, we won't leave. And so that kicks in. I'm gonna play a little bit of Beatrice Arthur singing. 
10 minute long song and dance sequence. Oh, we're playing just a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And you're right, that goes on forever. It's too long. Again, she kept dancing with different people and then throwing these people out <laughs> and nobody would leave her bar. And I'm just like, what, what am I watching? I just well, frustrated. Well, earlier, so Harvey Corman's weird alien like grabs her from behind at one time. Yeah. And then assaulting at, her. Yeah. And then at the end, when they kick everybody out and she's all kind of sad and stuff, Harvey Corman's still there. And I'm like, he's about to rape her. A hundred percent. There's not a doubt in my mind. That this, and the whole thing is like, oh, you said six words to me, something about I'll be here waiting or whatever the last four words. And she says that to everybody. Yes. And they, and I'm not, I can't carry a note at all, but I mean, oh, no, she's, I can yeah. sing that song as well as B. Arthur can yes. sing that song. Yeah, that's what they, they give her this whole big song and dance number. Dumb to the music of the cantina band from the first uh-huh. Star Wars It's movie. the cantina music. That's the yeah. famous music that you know. Yeah. And again, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just a, a no. skit that goes too long. And again, I keep thinking, what is it? What? What do they have? Life Day on Tatooine? What's going on? Like I had no idea what was going on. And then after the Imperials all watch that, and Lumpy's little thing to get rid of them go, but one stormtrooper stays, and then Chewbacca and yeah. Han Solo come in, and, and they have this weird fight scene, and then Han Solo essentially watches this Imperial guard commit suicide yeah fall to his death because <laughs> yeah. for some reason their houses are way up high in the trees and that and, whole fight scene between the two of them was ridiculous <laughs> no, it, was, it was awful it was so bad it was like they're making fakes like they're playing one-on-one basketball and one guy makes a fake and the other guy falls down chewbacca's reunited with his family and han's like okay hey you guys have been great to me but i gotta get going and yeah, I'm out of here. They, <laughs> I got to go do some more blow. See you later. <laughs> yeah, they, they all put on these red robes and walk towards the light because I yeah. guess Wookiees get raptured on life day or something. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> and, it didn't make any sense. No. And then, and again, the whole time you've only heard about life day. They just keep talking about life yeah. day. But once they all get raptured in front of the tree, R2D2, C3PO are there. And then Princess Leia shows up, and then Han and Luke, which Han just said two minutes ago that he had to bail. <laughs> and, yeah. and he says again, oh, you guys are like family to me. And yeah. then Princess Leia is going to describe Life Day to us all here. Okay, Ty? Uh, okay. Yep. This holiday is yours. But we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. I'll make another Simpsons reference here. <laughs> this is like the episode with the trash, and they have Love Day. Yeah. Homer throws that stuff away. He's like, Love Day was yesterday, moron. That's how I feel about that, about her whole explanation. Uh, and then she goes into a song. 
Yeah, what what is with all the singing in these specials? Is that how it was? Yes, is that all I, these I'm specials gonna, are I'm gonna give music? you that connective DNA in a minute here. And and look, Carrie Fisher has admitted numerous times that she was not of sound mind yeah. when she did May this. She thing. rest in peace. Her eyes are completely glassed over while she does oh, yeah. all this, says all of this stuff. And there was an interview she did, I think it was like in 2010, where they asked her about the holiday special. During the course, they've asked everybody about it. Uh, Conan O'Brien asked Harrison Ford about it once, and Harrison Ford's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And just acting <laughs> like it never existed. But Carrie uh, Fisher said that when they were doing the DVDs for the original Star Wars movies, and George Lucas wanted to get all the cast together to do like commentary... She said she would do it, but she didn't want to get paid for it. She wanted a copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And she said she puts it on at parties when she wants everyone to leave. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Man, she was was an awesome, awesome person. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she sings her song, then it ends with Chewbacca's family quietly sitting around the table. And Uh that's it. Yep, it's over. <laughs> I kept watching the credits like, is there something that's going to happen? Are they going to announce Empire Strikes Back or something? Like, what? I don't even understand what the point of this was. It's, and I was, again, I went out to coffee with our dad and a buddy of mine. And the buddy of mine said, uh, well, maybe like Life Day, they didn't have Christmas back then. So that's why they had to call the holiday special. Maybe the whole thing you watched was just telling you about Life Day. Now, this friend of mine always tries to find the good and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, dude, it's, it's pure nonsense. <laughs> So it came out, and I'm, I'll talk mm-hmm. about it, how it was produced and what the problems probably were, but it came out on the week before Thanksgiving, supposed to be a big deal, all this other stuff. At the time it came out, a reviewer from the Associated Press called it bubblegum for the brain. When people were okay. talking, like people my age, who would talk nice about it, uh, Nathan Rabin, when he wrote for the AV Club, sat down and watched it for the first time. This was early 2000s. And he wrote, I'm not convinced the special was ultimately written and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> That's very true. There's very, a, very true. It's shown up on the 100. There's a special of 100 dumbest events in television history. It was number one. It was ranked as the worst two hours of television ever made. For some mm-hmm. reason, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 25%. I feel like a lot of those people say, but the cartoon was good. It is gone on in legend as a terrible, terrible thing, but it's not camp terrible. It's not the room. It's not. It's just bad. It's right. It's incredibly bad. It's excruciatingly boring is how I would describe it. Like it's, it, it goes nowhere. It makes no sense. The musical numbers go on way too long. It's utter and complete nonsense. So what made it, What on the heels of Star Wars, again, we're not talking about, I mean, I know people want to hate on some of the newer Star Wars shows, like Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. Look, they're no Andor, I mean, trust me, but they're, I think they're fine enough. This is something different. And I, what I've often said, especially if I'm defending something like the Book of Boba Fett, is you can tell these guys like the pro, they, they like Star Wars. You can yeah. tell, uh, what's his name, Rodriguez, who, uh, who did Book of Boba Fett, or John Favreau, or mm-hmm. Dave Filoni and stuff. You could tell they like the product. They like what they're yeah, working with. Yeah, it's important to them. Right. There may be some misses, but for the most part, they're kind of hitting it into that realm. This was, they decided, 
okay, we want to do a holiday special to keep it interesting, to make money, to do all this other stuff. And at first, George Lucas was working on it. He said he wanted a film just about Wookiees and nothing else. That's where this started. But they were in production of Empire Strikes Back. There was still all the marketing with the original movie. So all Lucas and all his people are like, look, we don't have time for this, but we'll let you use our actors. We'll let you use our sets. You can use everything. But we just don't want, we're not going to have anything to do with it other than Lucas writing that one cartoon. So this fell to the head honchos at CBS, and they brought in a young comedy writer named Bruce Valanche. He did the Paul Lynn one, too. (laughs) Yes, yes. What is the deal with, does he have like dirt on people? Why does Bruce Valanche get all these main head writing jobs for these specials? No idea. (laughs) He's never been... Very funny, in my opinion. No, no, he, he's, I think he's a hack. I mean, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg liked him a lot because he wrote for the Oscars. When the Oscars were like Billy Crystal's doing the Oscars, that's some of the hackiest shit ever, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good comedy. No. So that's who, this is who you had. You had people who, again, the pro, the, the product isn't that old. Star Wars is just a year and a half old, but you have people that, you have the guy who wrote the Paul Lynn special a few years earlier writing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't work. That's why there's no, it's not coherent. It doesn't make any sense. Because mm-hmm. the Paul Lynn special, it does have Halloween stuff, but that also has a skit about Paul Lynn and uh, uh, what's his face from Carol Burnett's show that's in there. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Tim Conway. Tim Conway fighting over uh, the girl from Rizzo or whatever her name is, fighting over her in a truck stop. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a Halloween special, but it doesn't make any sense. But Paul Lynn delivering Bruce Valanche's lines, I think, feels more appropriate. But, where you have Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill trying to deliver Bruce Valanche lines, it doesn't work. They're not comedy actors. No, not at all. And this is famously, like Lucas said, never show this again. It has never been released on a VHS or DVD. Uh, like I said, yeah. the only place that you can get any of this stuff is you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, but you can't buy it anywhere. There's no, there's no Blu-ray copy. There's none of this. Cause does anybody really want that? No, that's the whole thing. Like, why would you release this on Criterion or something? Like, who, who's going to, who's clamoring for the star Wars? How I've never heard one person say that it's, Oh, it's not as bad as you think. I hear people defend the damn prequels all the time. And those are dreadful. This is, one of the worst things I've ever seen. But because for a period of time, it was the only other Star Wars thing available, it would show like around the world. There, there was a, a version in French that I you could watch on YouTube. As a matter of fact, I was going to play Carrie Fisher's song, but they cut that. They cut like all the songs. So oh. it's only 70 so it's like, minutes long. It's only 40 minutes long. Yeah. So that's going to get But it's still got all those Wookiees talking. It, is... just, it drove me nuts because I didn't know what they were saying. I yeah. can get context clues. Oh, Lumpy's happy or, oh, Itchy's upset or jerking off in the corner or whatever <laughs> Itchy's doing. But I didn't know what they were saying. Mala kept just yelling. I'm like, what is, I know you, you missed your husband, but he'll be home. Well, he'll be there. Because of the weird way. So you had the first three Star Wars movies, and then you had mm-hmm. nothing for like 15 yeah. years or whatever. But in that time period, the people that did that cartoon, they made a cartoon called Droids. They're, and they also made an Ewok cartoon. There's a couple really crappy made-for-TV movies with Wilford Brimley that mm. came out. So you talk about diabetes? <laughs> also, Wilford, Wilford Brimley rips in the, the thing. So, Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> It still looks, I mean, the guy at the age of 14. He looks, looks 100. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, there was 
very kid-friendly kind of Star Wars stuff. And then they had these, uh, these novels come out, which were a little, I mean, they were geared towards people my age, people who'd grown up with Star Wars, so are a little bit more adult. And, and when it was announced that Disney was going to make the sequel trilogies, everybody thought they were going to be based off these Star Wars books. And Disney oh. said, no, we're making a whole new thing. And anything that wasn't George Lucas is a legend. It's not part of the canon or whatever. So okay. that leads me back to the Star Wars holiday special. It was technically made by George Lucas. So according to the Star Wars people, it is part of the canon, which means yeah. Chewbacca has a wife, has a son, <laughs> and has a dad. A dad. A dad who looks like a Sasquatch. Yes. And so if you go around and you look, first off, I can't, I'm not going to look it up now, but the Star Wars peoples, I won't call them nerds, have given Itchy and Lumpy full names. And those are just nicknames. Oh, really? Yeah. And then okay. in, I believe it's Revenge of the Sith, there's a scene where Yoda's on the Wookiee planet. There's a big battle that ensues. And if you go to the official Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, like visual guide, it talks about how Itchy was one of the Wookiees fighting in that battle that day. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm a home parent, and I know I have a lot of free time, but the people who write this crap on the internet have way, way, way mm -hmm. too much. To give Itchy and Lumpy full names, like, just just go live your, go outside, go live your life. If you go look at the official, the newer one, the official visual guide for the entire Star Wars saga, it talks about how the scene in Star Wars where Luke and Luke and Obi-Wan and them first show up, Oh, I completely forgot. Well, let me finish this thought first. Where they show up at the cantina, they say, B. Arthur's character, Akmina, you don't see her because she's in the background negotiating a pay raise. So that's oh my God. considered kid. But <laughs> I completely forgot is after Carrie Fisher sings that terrible song, you have a two-minute scene of Chewbacca remembering all everything they did in Star Wars. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Again, I don't know what I'm. I don't know why they even made this. They're like, you're watching this pile of bullshit. Remember this? This is why you're watching yeah, it. This was this good. This is what you all liked. Yeah, <laughs> don't you wish you were watching this like. instead? Because Chewbacca wishes he was watching this instead. It was so clearly, like you said, oh, we got to keep this in the consciousness and like a cash grab. And everybody involved, as far as the actors, clearly didn't want to be there. Bless Art Carney for trying his most, but that's just <laughs> horrible, horrible line deliveries. Now that you said Bruce Valanche was one of the writers, like the whole hand to solo and shaggy carpet, that makes sense because that's the type of jokes he would write. Mm -hmm. So I applaud Carrie Fisher for doing what she did while she was still alive with putting that on. And I think it's hilarious that Harrison Ford is got like trying to gaslight people into thinking this thing never happened. <laughs> this is a horrible, horrible piece of content. And it just happens to have Star Wars people and B. Arthur and R. Carney and Harvey Corman attached and, and Diane Carroll, like famous, famous, famous people. And you'll get there's an episode of Community where they're watching Inspector Space Time Holiday Special. And yep. I think uh, either Donald Glover or one of them says something like, this is terrible. And it's supposed <laughs> to be kind of the same thing. They okay. did a couple of years. It might have been last year. I think it was a year before Disney Plus put out the Lego Star Wars holiday special. And the whole yeah, thing okay. is centers around Life Day. I actually don't like that one either. It's not as bad, let's say, from just a badness standpoint, but I still don't. Are care. they doing a meta thing or are they trying to make it good? Well, they were trying to make it good, but it's a whole this okay. whole concept of Life Day. The very first episode of The Mandalorian. 
they talk about Life Day. They say something about huh. Life Day. Uh, James Gunn okay. has gone on record to say his Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I just watched again two days I ago. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I but that. He said he was trying to pay homage to the Star Wars holiday special. It's like, no, you can admit something's bad, okay? <laughs> yeah, not- we don't have to like it. You don't have to like everything. <laughs> it's, but it's got this, like I said, I think that cartoon, especially for people my age, makes you blind to just how awful that thing is again like and this is not a hard thing that we're doing here you know we're talking about a holiday special that we watch but it was excruciating to watch my wife is a troop leader for my daughter's brownies thing for girl scouts so they had a meeting my son got home and he wanted to go play bad and so i'm like okay i have two hours right now i'm gonna watch this whole thing and it was the longest two hours (laughs) and like i said my wife asked if it was done i'm sitting there pausing it and looking at the time watching on my laptop, scrolling the mouse over to see how much time. It's just, I can usually sit there. I mentioned, when you mentioned this to me, I asked you, it can't be worse than the Cleveland Browns thing you oh, showed me. Yeah, I'd, much, I'd much rather watch those <laughs> Cleveland Browns movies because they're 20 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, they're 20 minutes long. And they have this just like, okay, this is supposed to be bad. This is, yeah. it's, I often, when we talk, if you go back to that, it's our second episode. I talk about the Super Bowl shuffle and everybody mm-hmm. has this like, oh man, that was so not awesome. No, it was terrible. It was yeah. cringy. You've got Walter Payton at the most monotone voice rapping the mm-hmm. worst lines ever. Like, we're not here to get all the glory. We're here to feed the needy or something like that. Yeah, we're not uh-huh. here to be greedy. We're here to feed the needy. <laughs> there you go. It come to you. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's bad, but it's got this weird camp to it. Yeah. The room just earnestness of these people and they just don't have it but it it comes together in this weird craptastic thing even the last what? one i did with uh tina was rent and mm-hmm. she hated it i just hated it but there's songs in there that are worth listening to so it had something this sure. again well, maybe I mean, the cartoon has nothing and maybe this jefferson starship I, song i didn't like jason x at all but jason x was kind of making fun of the Jason movies and also took me back to a time where like, oh, I remember being 17 when movies like this, that movie could never be made. That oh, way. God, no. Misogynist and just just horrible. But like, it took me back to when I was a teacher. So like, I could go back and watch that goofiness and how it's making fun of itself. The, I don't, if I ever see another minute of this Star Wars thing, it'll be too soon. <laughs> like, I don't want to ever watch this again. But you'll always remember it. I will never forget. Yeah, I'll never forget it. I'll never know what those Wookiees are saying, but I'll know that they were having very loud, very angry conversations about Chewbacca not being home. I would love to know what Mala was saying to her father-in-law about her son not being home. This particular thing, and I think the reason why it's worth talking about, because people are like, why the hell would you guys talk about this? Are you recommending we watch it? No, I recommend you listen to this and no, understand what it is. Absolutely but, do not watch this. But this was, I mean, you talk about mankind's hubris. Again, mm-hmm. this wasn't after Return of the Jedi. This wasn't one of those Wilford Brimley movies, okay? This <laughs> wasn't some some like weird Donnie and Marie cash grabs type thing. This mm-hmm. was Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. This was the stars of the biggest movie ever made and their light was about to just shine big time this was the original designers this was the george lucas and the mind of what they were looking at and again this is before empire strikes back which a lot of people consider the best of the lot so Mm -hmm. you're not talking about people that don't have any creativity in them they just 
and I think this is what Lucas learned, which made him very, very hesitant to allow other people into the Star Wars world that he was creating, is that one time he let somebody else do it, this is what you got. It's interesting to think about, like, this is what people remember. Just think of, like, an alternate universe where this is what people remember. They hate it so much to say you're not making any more. So that means you get no Empire Strikes Back. That means you get no, what was the third one called? Oh, Return of the Jedi. You get no Empire Strikes Back. You get no Return of the Jedi. You get no prequels, and you get none of these shows now. There's mm-hmm. an alternate timeline where we're living that there's only one Star Wars movie. Holiday special comes out, and that's it. That's all you have. That would be not a great timeline to live in, for, especially for somebody like you who grew up with this stuff and loves Star Wars as much as you do. Well, Although, I just oh. give me like 30 seconds on why you think oh. the most recent Star Wars movie is worse than this. I can't oh, think of the name. I'm of it. joking. The I Last mean, Jedi? No, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Rise uh, of Skywalker, okay. I mean, my look, in the reality of it, and I, I think about this, so I remember going to sit and watch... Um, like, I remember watching the prequels, and I remember wanting okay. to like them, and I remember wanting to be that person. I can remember being going to see the original Incredibles with you, and they showed a, pre, or a, a preview for the prequel, and you told me to shut the hell up so you could watch the preview. <laughs> and there is, I mean, that's a whole other story to go through with the prequels, but I, I've said many times I really like to show the Clone Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. even though I know people were lukewarm on Ahsoka, I absolutely loved it. And okay. it's well, uh, you're a big Ahsoka Tano fan, yes. too. So, but it's I, I think because I think there was a good story in there that needed to be fleshed out. And again, this is where I give people like Dave Filoni a lot of credit. He's a Star Wars fan that loves the property that has created something good. Now, I'm never mm-hmm. going to make you watch a Clone Wars movie. That is that might actually be worse than this. Is that the prequel to Clone Wars? So when they made that, what came out in the theater? They made an animated Clone Wars movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like a gay job of the HUD in it. It's awful. It is awful. Really? Yes. Huh, <laughs> it okay. is really, I wonder if it's an homage to Bruce Valance or something. I don't know. But Probably, that's, that's yeah. a bad fat joke on my behalf. Anyways, uh, no. <laughs> so when it came to the new movies and living in this world of the Clone Wars and all this other stuff, like I, I liked the first one, but it was Star Wars. And I was like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can go back to this kind of nostalgia thing. There are things that are good in The Last Jedi, but again, I don't want to be that Star Wars nerd. I do think it does Luke a little dirty. I mean, it's like, okay, it's not exactly what I would want. It's the same thing with the prequels. In the case of Rise of Skywalker, I think it literally, like, I think I got so mad at that movie because, oh, all the fanboys hated the character of Rose, so let's have her do nothing. And what the hell is uh, is Finn doing the entire movie? John Boyega. Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And you make Oscar Isaac out, who's supposed to be this Han Solo badass pilot, into dumb comic relief. And then mm-hmm. you have Ray and Kylo Ren or Ben Solo or whatever kissing at the end. And, oh, by the way, we're going to bring back the bad guy that was killed. That was the whole point of redeeming Anakin. And so to me, the Star Wars person, I'm like, you're literally insulting me. You're literally telling mm-hmm. me that a bunch of incel fanboys mean more to this property than somebody like me that grew up with it mm. so i don't know if it's a movie itself i heard drew mcgarry one time say hey it's a star wars movie and it rips and there's scenes in it that are awesome but it's like i i think i told this to my wife i think i just sat and watched it and just the whole time was like this sucks and i <laughs> i talk about that gi joe snake eyes movie where if you called mm-hmm. it like ninja action it'd be like cool but the fact that you put gi joe in front of it 
I have an expectation. It doesn't an mean expectation, you, yeah, sure. It doesn't mean you have to abide by that expectation, but you have to know that that's the reason I don't like it. I just and we're going to talk about this on the X Millennial Man. I just saw the newest uh, Godzilla movie, the Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. Probably my favorite movie of the year because it wasn't like Godzilla was a monster. And that's what Godzilla mm-hmm. always was to me, where a lot of these sure. movies, even though I love Godzilla vs. Kong because it's exciting, but it's like Godzilla's our friend. No, he's not your friend. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves Godzilla at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. So just with your distaste yeah. for that movie, would you rather watch that movie again or watch Diane Carroll sing a song? Oh, to shit. I, I'd watch Rise of, again, there's parts of Rise of Skywalker that are worth it. If I'm going to give this cartoon credit, which I did enjoy, there's nothing else in this that's worth it. Uh, the Jefferson, yeah. What are they called? Jefferson, Jefferson Starship. They're Jefferson Starship at this time. They're not Jefferson Airplane. So this was post Grace Slick, like White Rabbit. Yeah, she Pre- was. I, she was kicked out the of the band right Gold. around. Yeah, she's kicked out of the band right around this time because she's a raging alcoholic. And then, Why? but she. So was Janis Joplin. She yeah. never got kicked out. Of, no, she, she never just kicked got kicked out, out of Paul life. Butterfield. Yeah. Blues <laughs> band. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I think with the lead singer in the '60s '70s era, you have to deal with them having some. Kind so of no, life, here so. I'm going to tell this story. This is a good story to tell because I did look all this up. I was looking up the evolution of Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, she. I mean, when I was saying she was a drunk, she was a raging, raging alcoholic. And I guess the final straw mm-hmm. came. This is, might have been 76 or 77. So it was right before this. They were doing a tour of West Germany. So this is the the quote unquote good part of Germany at the time, the non-communist part, the free part. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do they were supposed to do two shows. They couldn't do the first one because she was too drunk. She just could not oh, get wow. on stage. And there was a riot when they said, okay, we're going to postpone this. The second show, where she was still drunk, she spent the whole time cursing at the audience and blaming them for World War II. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, then that was a problem. All right, I didn't know it was like that. She did come back during one point because she's on the, you know, I think We Built This City is the worst song in the history of mankind. It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's no good. And if you want to just absolutely see the worst thing you've ever seen in your life, go watch the movie Rock of Ages and see Rus- Dirtbag Russell Brand singing that song. Uh, is, uh, that guy stinks. Yeah. But no, when it comes to this, this is, it's what you said. It's a curiosity. This could have ended Star Wars. Absolutely. <laughs> if it didn't come, if Star Wars had come out now and this was the second thing, it would never, Yeah, it would have to go through what, uh, MCU went through because like Iron Man was the first thing s- since forever. Yeah, that they did. I feel like is with that. So yeah, it would have it wouldn't have lasted if it came out now. No, no, not at all. But it's there. It's a uh... yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't don't waste your time. And uh, that's that's it for our first season. I have a few ideas for the next season, but we're going to take the winter off. We're going to be be coming back in the spring. With first watch, rewatch, I, I even am toying with the fact of trying to do like a, a live show or something. We'll oh, just nice. find That'd a place cool. to go do it. But it's uh, yeah. like I said, I've got a few ideas. One of my inspirations, I do have to say, is a podcast I'm listening to called The Canon Canon, where it's two, uh, um, two Hollywood writers talking, going through every single canon movie. And oh, wow, man, there's some gems in there. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is just something else, but have have a few of that, even some TV shows. I know my wife and I have talked about things like I've never seen Buffy, and I don't know if I'm going to do a full rewatch of all of them, but maybe some episodes or 
Uh, my so-called life is another one that we've talked about. So, well, you ever seen Brooklyn Nine Nine? No, no. See, I, that's one of my favorite shows. Right, so, so, so I'm looking at looking at some of those things coming up. But in the meantime, cool. Ty, where are people going to find you? Yeah, um, you can find me at seedsing s e e d s i n g dot com. I write all the pop culture sports stuff on there. I post it on Instagram and Facebook. Ty Kulik, T Y K U L I K. But come read my stuff on SeedSing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. As you said at the top of this, I co-host The Ex-Millennial Man with you. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. I appear on Chucklehead Chat, my buddy Glenn Adams' podcast. You can find that wherever you get podcasts from time to time. But yeah, mainly SeedSing, Ex-Millennial Man, and as always, Black Lives Matter. And also, don't watch this. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Yeah, of the 10 we've done, there's probably... Six of them that are worth watching. Like Buckaroo wife, Banzai is 100% yes, worth watching. Yes, yes. And my <laughs> wife said she... The Room, if you haven't seen The Room, people, I'm serious. Yeah. You've just yeah, got that's... to experience it. But uh, my wife <laughs> said... Tommy Wise. Yeah, my wife said she'll never watch Rent again. So that's... Uh, I've never seen it, so I don't know. <sighs> I know that 5,555 whatever song that yeah. they have in there. Yeah, it's, it's, the show should be called Dead Beats, but we are recording this the day before your birthday, and it will come out yeah. a couple days after yours and your wife's birthday, because some yep. weird thing you guys got married and your birthdays are one after the other. We're, we're not even a day apart. We're like 12 hours yep. apart. We were born in, we were both born in St. Louis, but in separate hospitals. Yep. So happy so. <laughs> birthday to you and your wife. And Thank you. We appreciate it. Happy holidays to everyone out there. And as we close out this first epic season, I just want to remind everybody that at one time, we let Princess Leia sing the importance of being togetherness to the backing tunes of, this is the Star Wars theme. So they put lyrics to the Star Wars theme. Stay fresh, cheese bags. (laughs) 